0: Welcome, everybody. This is BMP Weekly, episode 170. It is 13th of June 2022. Got the year right. <laughs> yes, finally. I mean, it's, it's only June, so it's good to learn these things. <laughs> <You know>. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so My name is Sajivan. I'm a product manager in the, in the Microsoft 365 platform. And in the BMP Weekly, we'll talk about the latest on the Microsoft 365. And typically, we do have a visitor. This time, we have Marcin Wojcicki. Was it good? Wojciechowski. Hoczowski and uh, Marcin Wojcowski as a visitor from Wallace. When original. we
1: practice, it went way, way better.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's true. You know, all this pressure, this is killing me. You know, I this is live. Crumple, crumple, because yeah. it's live and now it's getting recorded. No, it's fine. Thank you, uh, Marcin, for joining us. But um, before we go there, quick can introduce, uh, from Waldeck as well. Who are you? Yes. Hi, everybody. My what name is Waldeck, and I'm
1: cloud developer advocate at
0: Microsoft <laughs> for Microsoft 365. Excellent. So we'll start with an interview with Marston. a good discussion related on where he came from, and, and also we already recorded that, so I kind of know that it was a good discussion, So and what he's doing, and his tips related on quality assurance, especially on Microsoft 365, so that's his really focus area. But let's jump on the interview with Marston and come back on the articles right after that. Welcome, uh, Marcin, and uh, thank you for joining us on the BNB Weekly episode 170. Good to have you on the show. Um, let's start with the, and, and let's start with the quick intro. So, can you do a quick intro? Who you are? Where you are based? What do you do for a living?
2: Hello, with pleasure. My name is Marcin Wojciechowski. I live in Krakow, Poland. Uh, for a living, I do SharePoint development mostly uh, in uh, Valo Solutions, or recently bought by StaffBase, so I believe that it's StaffBase. But uh, for the, let's say, Site uh, projects I do cooperate with two consulting companies, but I'm not sure I can share the names because I believe there is some PNP issues with that. But yes, uh, mostly to stay in touch with what's the newest in consulting world. I do like to from time to time uh, check out uh, what's what's new because effectively working on product can be very tunneling, uh in your yeah yeah
0: thing and, and it- and you said that you're based in Krakow as well. Can you can you talk about a bit on on Marcin? Uh, how did you end up being a you said SharePoint developer? I, I guess it's a bit more broad than SharePoint nowadays, <laughs> isn't it? So
1: uh, you work with Graph, <laughs> yes. Identity, Azure, serverless, uh, containers, perhaps? Uh, not, yet. not yet.
2: Not yet. Thankfully, there you go. Containers. Uh, <laughs> not uh, not yet. So. I started, I think, eight or nine years years ago. Of course, with on-prem. Uh, what else? Uh, I remember it very vividly because after my first interview, it was even some kind of scholarship. I made a note: check out what is this SharePoint that I'm supposed to work on. <laughs> uh,
1: I fully recognize it. I I was exactly the same thing. I I did internship way back when, and it was so. I had my interview just because of the vacation time, right? And exactly. they left me and they gave me an external disc with VHD with on it most two thousand and seven, which was then in preview. Back then my experience was Apache PHP and SQL, right? And it's like what do I do with this? Like how do I how do I start <laughs> this? Like
2: Yeah, like I was uh, totally uh, a that. student in applied math, uh, which means like the Proper programming language was something completely different. You know, we played around with some weird algorithms in C or C++. Uh, and we were uh, here.
1: You are building web parts. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and,
2: um, to, and turns out my uh, amazing capability of detecting algorithm computability is not as useful anymore. Uh, ability to, <laughs> <laughs> to, you know, solve integrals in memory also fading uh, fading to black and not so useful at the board even graph theory is less and less uh, less useful uh, although this is a beautiful part of math so uh, i hope i will get back with it somehow some the way and by the way graph theory the is web not 4 nervous. the web
1: 4 the web 4 i think i think it will be back <laughs> for yes,
2: yes, yes, exactly. Uh, yeah. So this is how I started. Actually, I, I started as um, QA uh, because that was the only opening uh, back then in the company I applied for. And after like a quarter, I talked my manager into giving me a shot as a developer, and that was fun. And starting starting with that, I. Try to learn more about SharePoint because turns out, like I started with 2010, and it was already quite a powerful engine for multiple yeah. of things. A little bit scary because back in 2010, uh, a lot of consultants uh, decided that if you have a problem, SharePoint will solve it.
0: Whatever the yes. problem is. What do you mean? Yes, What's wrong that with that? that? So true.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, at, at some point, we were uh, developing an ERP system uh, backed by SharePoint lists. Uh, <laughs> nobody realized that SharePoint lists are not exactly a relational database. That's not a
0: relational database. <laughs> exactly. Don't do that, by the way. Anybody who's watching or listening, <laughs> <Yeah>. so. <laughs> Please don't. Please don't. So, you can store a lot of data in them, but not. Terabytes and not millions of uh, for not terabytes? Not of course, you can store
2: terabytes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> not in but lists, it. libraries, yes. Yeah. But again, so storage files, different ways. Libraries. Thinking, and okay, tomato you tomatoes. know. <laughs> yeah, it does matter. <laughs> Good point. Good point.
2: In, in general, that wasn't the best idea. And yeah, uh, uh, we uh, actually switched approach to normal database. Uh, after that, uh, of course, we to, to, to 2015. 2015 was like a whole new world. Uh, I, I believe in 2013, uh, REST was introduced. And then actually, for me, the hell broke loose because I realized oh, now that you don't have to use CSOM so heavily, you can think about the stability of your solutions because that's <laughs> yep. only REST API. And you can test around the uh, REST API. <laughs> Uh, and yeah, to, to, to be honest, I focused very, very much on uh, unit testing of SharePoint in uh, in general, and this is like well, I put most most of my uh, of my attention because I believe no one did it back then. Uh, yeah. Yes. Uh, when SPFX was introduced, I believe Elliot, uh did a few great blogs about unit testing, and you did some. Uh, but again, I thought it's, it's very little. Like it's only an entry point. There is so much there. Uh, yeah. It's such a big, complex story. Uh, it's it's for for investing in. Uh, so yes, this is this is what uh, what I did, and eventually, maybe not related to testing itself, but I ended up doing products for uh, back then VALO. Uh, which is uh, extremely fun ever since. Like the whole switch from consultancy to product, it's extremely refreshing, especially when you can actually apply your own pace uh, without any uh, delivery.
0: Well, that's a deadline, of course, but it's not like this Friday. You need to have all of this done, and, and so.
2: uh, exactly, uh, exactly. So it's very nice. To what was
0: the? What was to, the? What was the
1: biggest uh, difference or change you've you've seen when moving over from uh, projects to products?
2: Uh, to be honest, it, at least to me, it wasn't uh, so clear because the projects I used to work on were usually uh, quite big ones. By big, I mean long and complex. So almost everything I did previously had some part of, product development within that because, you know, uh, the first provisioning engine before PNP, it was something that we had to support for about five, six years. So it's quite a lifetime. Uh, Another big thing was actually a migration tool, uh, which we also had to support for quite a long time. But to be honest, the biggest change uh, was the mindset change was that now, actually, uh, you have to think about those small things like select clauses in the last Yeah. When you did consultancy, the performance is not exactly the biggest issue because you, you know you are limited to, let's say, one customer. You know you can quickly apply some small fixes, so uh, things like select clauses, additional filter clauses, batching graph requests, and SharePoint requests. That wasn't a priority because, you know, effectively it's not a big deal. Uh, of course, unless it becomes a big deal, but. Uh, <laughs> it isn't a big deal until
1: it becomes one. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Often the case.
2: <laughs> but in, in product, you actually have to consider that from day one. And it's uh, a little bit more challenging. Okay. Like you you okay. have to bear the scale in mind, even from the very, very start. Like Even stupid uh, examples like pagination. Yeah, like when you are doing a new application uh, for some customer uh, as a consultant, you don't exactly think about pagination in the first place because you think, oh, okay, how many- You only have 10 items are... in a list.
1: There is no, no other page. <laughs>
2: Sure. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. And, you know, if there will be more to give me two days, there will be pagination. Uh, with, then, with so, so so, that is an interesting thing, right? How do you
1: how you deal with that? How do you, like, what is your philosophy about developing for scale? Right, Because as you say, like, you build something. Developers, like, you have access to a test tenant with 10, 20 accounts, some files, 50 sites, 20 groups. Like, that's not the scale. And then, so you yeah. build something, you press F5 and it works. You might have some test in your pipe that works too because it's still the same scale. And then you deploy it to production and then it doesn't because the, the customer has millions of sites and hundreds of users and accounts and items and everything else. So, how do you incorporate that thinking into developer work?
2: So I believe there are two ways around that. First one is called integration, uh, which effectively means you get your developer tenant and you populate populate it with tremendous amount of data with PowerShell, JavaScript, scripts, anything. Or you are doing isolation testing and you isolate specific component. This is something I like to do, especially for example with graph, Uh, you mock. Tremendous amount of data, and you check imagination item.
1: 10 would... items,
2: minus one, eight items. But you know, especially with uh, let's say tooling like Jest, yes, you can easily mock very, very large uh, data sets. You can decide yourself do you want to get throttled here, do you want to test a little uh, strategies? All of this, if you Isolate your code becomes very easy. Because, again, how would you test in your integration environment for literary strategies when you are throttled from a graph, let's say?
0: I have an idea. No, 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 but can you more actually elaborate that a bit? So what was the tool and how do you, how it can be used? So, because again, I don't think most of the people who are listening or watching are aware of this. You, you said it, you can do this tool. Of course, everybody knows that that's not always the case. So what was the tool that you're using? Let's yes. ask as the audience, raise your hand if you know about it. Anybody, anybody, nope.
2: No, nope. Marcin, no hands. <laughs> okay, so uh, as I assume you were talking about Frontend, uh, about the SharePoint framework, I believe the best way to test Frontend is Jest, amazing uh, unit testing library, highly uh, recommended, easy to set, relatively easy to, to set up, uh, and can do a lot of things. And, that one of those things is uh, something called the mocking. So, mocking means you run your code, but you provide some fake implementation of specific component. In that case, let's say it will be graph client. And uh, I can talk very, very long about why not to use MS graph client, but the call AADH. TP client provider with graph, but again, that's more, uh, I I think, uh, nuanced thing. Uh, but yes, but you can create such mock, and in such mock, you can say that instead of calling actual graph and worry about authentication, read this file and let's consider this file page one. There's yep. even a beautiful uh, method in Jest called uh, mock. Uh, mock return value once, or mock resolve once, which will return specific data only once, then you register it again with different response. It returns again with different response. Great way to, let's say, if you want to test your throttling in scenario, you mock the first response with 429, I believe, Mm
0: -hmm. 429, yeah.
2: Yes, then you register the next response to be a proper response, and you validate that. Oh, okay, actually, from my method where I provided my mocked HTTP client, I call it once. I I got valid. But that that means that as developer, first of all, you're
1: aware of these all the different edge cases that you might get for 29 throttling, 500 internal null server errors that might also be be throttling, whatever else error that might come along the way token expired uh whatever else so one as a dev you need to be aware of all of that two you need to incorporate that in all your tests and if there's another change another edge case you need to be again aware of it and incorporate it in the, in your tests. so it's quite um it's not trivial to do is there are there tools that you're aware of or are there things that you can do for folks who aren't as well-versed in uh, ex- like being experienced with working with web APIs that, well, they can be out, they can be throttled, they can be under, whatever. How can you, is there something for, let's say, common folks who aren't experts in that topic that they can use and say like, I use this, I'm good.
2: Uh, good question. I don't know. <laughs> I believe the best resource would be actually the list of responses you can get from Graph API. I believe it's uh, documented on uh, uh, MS Docs uh, site for, for Graph. And that's it. And unfortunately, everything uh, everything else, you have to suffer yourself. Uh, like <laughs> There is this huge, huge uh, thing that, yeah, you should always write your tests first and you should think about those edge cases. Uh, I don't exactly believe in that. Yeah? It's, it's okay to introduce some bugs as long as <laughs> if... I know, I, <laughs> I know. It's okay as, to as, you, bugs. as you can fix, fix them fast, like no, at all.
0: I I guess that that's that's one of the key learnings as you're moving from consulting to the product. And I'm, I'm an ex consultant as well. Um, in Microsoft, well, in Microsoft and before Microsoft as well. But it's it's one of those things that, well, clearly there's a bug here. Why did they ship the product even though there's a bug clearly here? Why are what are they doing? And then as you move in the product development, you realize that well, every now and then you actually knowingly push the product out regardless of the fact that you know that there are bugs. And that might be like even as shocking, well, not probably shocking when it comes from a Microsoft employee, but it might be shocking uh, as a general rule that that actually happens because just realities of of resourcing is that you will never be able to fix all of the known bugs within your product. It's impossible.
1: Uh, I don't agree with that. I think it depends at the end of the day, like imagine that you're building system that, I don't know, is meant to help surgeon um, do surgery on a heart. Fair
0: point. I don't again, want bugs it's in it's that. Pri- no, 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 no. It's priorities. Or it's it's priorities, the risk. And resourcing and balancing action, risk management. It's accepting Absolutely. risk. Exactly
1: that. Yes. Right. So so how much risk are you willing to accept? Like your yeah. web part showing stocks or showing the weather is out for a day because something like shrugs. But-
2: Again, uh, the, the question... plane does not fly, not run. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but, exactly. Uh, the question should we test for every possible uh, request that every weird yep. request will return 400 and we will actually properly handle it? It's effectively impossible. Yes. Because let's yes. even consider call to graph uh, to search graph API and to validate all possible options with all possible uh, content classes combinations. It's
0: yeah, yeah, it's absolutely
2: uh, impossible. Maybe not yeah. impossible. You can yeah. hire uh, a few thousand people and it's make them in, uh,
1: <laughs> impractical.
2: Well, exactly. yeah, I think impractical,
0: especially in the world where we are, is probably the right way of doing that. But of course, there's always the risk that then it impacts somebody's business, and um, and but again, it's risk management, uh, and and because there is no. What's the right way of saying this? There's no it, the world is not binary. It's it's not uh, yes or no. It's it's not you cannot do everything in a one hundred percent level because in many cases you're not aware of some of the things. There's always unknowns. There's always unexpected returns. If you're a partner building on top of somebody else's platform, you don't know what's behind exactly. the platform actually. It's it's just the documentation. It's a black box otherwise. So. It's an interesting you know, I mean, balance even, of, yeah, resources and I mean, to do for
1: sure even then, I mean, like if you would draw an analogy with building a house or doing something on a house, right? like the materials you choose are meant to give you, um, let's say, security against something, right? So, it's perfectly fine, like if there's wind, your house will stand, but if there's a meteor falling on your house, it will break, duh, yeah. because it's <laughs> yes. not a bunker. Yes. If, you do, if you want that, well, well you it build it's, a bunker. It's, it's, then you build it in a different way, yes, exactly. Exactly, exactly right, so it's just like, like the threshold that you're willing to accept, and it's the same thing, like if you build on somebody else's work, well, I mean, sure, we can spend upfront a month that you, the customer, are going to fund, and if you're not okay with that, well, then we are, we are going to make assumptions based on the best guess and hunch, but with a degree of risk in there, right? It's just it's just like like everything else. And I think it's also an interesting topic that we not, I think, talk enough uh, about is that oftentimes when folks talk about risk, like, no, 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 no. like zero risk. No, 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 like risk, like we accept risk left mm-hmm. and right. Like you, you wake up, you accept risk, right? So it's not about avoiding risk at all costs. It's accepting
0: risk to some point. I'm there, I started yes. thinking of the waking up and risk, but, but again, it's... Uh... <laughs>
2: yeah, <laughs> yeah but that actually brings a uh, whole topic of, let's say, continuous uh, integration, continuous delivery, yep. because I, yep. I think especially with cloud products, this is essential, critical. And uh, I think that was one of the most eye-opening uh, things when I've learned that uh, when, some time ago, we tried to introduce, in, back in consulting um, business, idea of consulting uh, of continuous delivery. People were scared, but they were not scared because there will be some bugs that we won't fix, but they were scared because they were used to, to this, you know, two releases per year. And they know that if they request a change and bug fix, it takes half a year. Yeah. Uh, case, yeah. Uh, so then when they realize that okay, there is a bug, and I reported this bug, it's fixed two days later. Everyone benefits. Continuous yeah. uh, True. Uh, delivery. True. So again, accepting risk, but if you have a tool like continuous uh, delivery, if you have reliable automated regression in place, uh, it's get it it it's getting really, really easier.
0: Now, can, can you talk a bit about what does, uh, not going any, any, let's say secrets and stuff related on WallO solutions or stuff based case, but what are the tools and on, on the ways WallO is doing this? So, so there's obviously a continuous Delivery, continuous integration, no. testing, all of that stuff. Yes, <laughs> but in, in a kind of a, if, if you would consider, let's say, you when you graduated, you have master's from the Krakow University. I was just checking you out from LinkedIn. Uh, is it Krakow? No, yes. it's actually somewhere else. Anyway, so.
2: It, it, but, it, it is Krakow, yeah. <laughs>
0: Okay. So yeah, the the name is really problematic. Anyway, so (laughs) Polish names are a lot easier for. Exactly. But if you were talking to a person who graduates from a university, how would you what what would you explain how the, the development, what are the tooling, what are the things, how to be successful within the within the Product development, from your perspective, because you're, you're again, you're working uh, focused on the quality assurance and and the continuous integration model.
2: Um, again, difficult question because <laughs> <Yes>. everyone <laughs> of finds course everything fun. depends. It, yeah, depends. it depends. Uh, Everyone <laughs> finds you know uh, fun in different places. I would just say have fun if if you if you can have fun with your work and if you enjoy it, uh, eventually you will get good at it enough to not not to be scared. Let's uh, yep. uh, put it that way. So just try to enjoy what you uh, what you are doing and optimally. Uh, and that was, I think, the best piece of advice I ever got. Never write a code you don't understand. Uh, I mean,
0: but, but if I copy paste that, if I don't write it, is that the same thing? So.
2: <laughs> that's the same you thing. don't get it, but you, you didn't write yeah. it, so kind of it gives you a way out. Yeah, that's watch. sneaky. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but the guidance what? never, never write code which you don't understand. But I, I copied that it. from internet. I didn't, I didn't, didn't
2: write it. Great <laughs> success. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. I copied that. Uh, no,
0: I think that's actually. By the way, that's a great, great tip. That's that's, that's a, a good. A horrible tip. advice. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just Luckily, nowadays fun. we have tools that can help you understand the code. Like you select the code, explain this, and you're like,
2: "Huh? Oh, yeah." Copilot. No exactly. Yep compiled amazing tool. But no, back uh, back when, when I started, uh, and I believe uh, th- this is a great story for this audience, uh, I t- tried to figure out the pagination in SharePoint list items. Uh, that was yep. SharePoint 2010. And then it was... Uh, SP
0: iterator. <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, it was SP List Item Collection Iterator. Oh, pretty something.
0: close, yes. So pretty something close. Like <laughs> that. Same, and, same, uh,
1: tomato, tomato.
2: <laughs> the, the <tradition laughs> this was just SharePoint List Item Collection uh, Iterator. Well, Something like that. And that was it. Uh, and like it took quite a lot of reverse engineering to figure out how the string should be composed to get to the next oh, yeah. page. Uh, so, yeah, never write the code you don't understand if you need to reverse engineer it. And uh, this is actually something I do enjoy as well.
0: That is an interesting point. Trying to point, find
1: their, their past right. name our academic that is, that is, yeah, so you go find that. <laughs> um, I'm going to ask another thing. Right? Because like, <laughs> you mentioned your background is in SharePoint on-prem. I've been yes. there too. And I think we share kind of the same um, thinking. And it says that, that you say that you like to learn how something works. Well, like the truth is in code. You, you can have dogs, but at the end of the day, the code is is it like holds the truth about the way it works. And the, the back then on premises, right? It was really cool because you had the assemblies, you could open them up and see like, hey, like how this thing really works, like what parameters can I pass? Because maybe not everything is in a docs, maybe docs are out of date things, right? So in the past we had this ability to look at the code that we work with. Nowadays that's no, no longer the case, at, at least for a big part, because we're in a cloud. We don't have assemblies of anything. We have the scripts that are that are on the client, and we could go ways with them. But there's no, no. It's not as convenient as it was. So how do you apply that that philosophy of, you know, follow, following the truth that is the code? in the current world where, well, bad luck, you don't have the access to the code.
2: Yeah, so the backend of SharePoint, of course, is unfortunately off limits. Yeah, like Based on how it works, based on what I remember from the on-prem days, I can roughly guess uh, what are the limitations, what it is for. But actually, uh, online introduced another beautiful thing that you can reverse engineer, and this is SP page assembly and Teams page assembly, which are beautiful uh, files. Uh, (laughs) If you have extra few hours, I also highly recommend uh, go ahead, play play around with this. Extremely powerful tool. Like, thanks to this, I uh, discovered amazing uh, global variable called uh, SP component loader, which I believe doesn't get enough love in- uh, Unsupported. Unsupported. Roughly enoughly <laughs> documented.
1: Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's it right crazy. there on the page. And <laughs> exactly. if you think code is documentation, then indirectly it's documented.
2: Uh, I love the way you feel. Yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but you know, I consider this a great, great tool to to uh, play around with. It's uh, look like, especially for for consulting because in product. Uh, it's uh, a little bit scary to rely on things that are not exactly supported. Uh, it takes quite a lot of uh, courage, let's say. But in co- in consulting world, like let's say you have to uh, prepare few web parts related to news or to events, like something you can easily uh, configure with with highlighted content. You can either spend few months developing something very similar to Highlighted Content uh, uh, web part, or you can spend a few days, uh, figure out how the configuration for it looks like, and prepare the configurations for out-of-the-box web part with, you know, small asterisks. It may break, but uh, the delivery will be cut twice in time. Uh, so. Again,
0: we're back. It's actually to, that, that, to managing risks, risk management, exactly. exactly that that really comes back on again on risk management and resource management and understanding the impact of individual decisions. And of course, from Microsoft's side, we we certainly want people to use supported things. But again, it's it's there are ways of accessing things in the DOM, which is not smart thing to do necessarily. But again, yeah. it's it's not it's not binary. It's not yes or no. It's it's like in a gray area, so to say. If so. you're
1: willing to accept the risk of that. <clears throat> yeah. yes, exactly. Right? And, and, and also you don't hold us accountable when things change because we said oh, that's, this is yeah, an yeah, API, yeah. Yeah, that's right? So if you're okay with these two things, yeah. who are we to say don't do it?
0: Yep, that's true. It is, we cannot control yeah. an individual company across the world and how they do business. That's just the way it is. Yeah. Now, from a timing perspective, we wanted to do a few things. So, can you um, let's say two, two top ten, top three lists? I'm putting you on a spot. We didn't actually. Two top we didn't ten lists. That's 20 islands. <laughs> <laughs> so, and what would be the three things for a uh, you uh, coming back on it when you graduated from uh, you, you're from uh, math and science and technology from the university? What yes. would be the three things to tell to your you when you were just graduating from university? to concentrate um as you think of the career in SharePoint. You Learn know, share you're kind of <laughs> you kind of attach two of them already, maybe. Uh but again, if you if we put you on a spot.
2: Uh, as I said, I believe there is uh, only one thing. Yeah, find something that you enjoy. If you enjoy it, like you will get good at it. There is no sure. other way around. And especially in IT we are in that very, very comfortable position when we can do things we like and uh, not worry and, about other. Things and work, like work is
0: and, and the work is just a work is at least eight hour eight hours in the weekdays of your life. So it's it's worthwhile to do something which you enjoy rather exactly. than hate because that then <laughs> it, that would have a negative impact on the rest of the time in the day for sure. So
1: um yeah i think the uh caveat there is it's an illusion to say that you will have that you will only be doing the things you love that's true as well of course but right so at the end of the day it's yes it is important to have you know that ultimate goal the horizon like where you want to go and have in balance that thing right like you cannot it cannot be it's impossible for it to be just you know the, the rainbows and unicorns and it's it cannot, cannot be also the things you, you hate.
2: Hate, yeah. Sorry? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's so Kate, not unicorns. mean? I I what? What?
1: No, no, no. <laughs> now, the so other thing how is. How many emails do you have, do you have in the <laughs> No, no,
2: no.
0: I was I just proud email. of. Waldeck <laughs> knows that, but I, we had a, a side to side track. So last week, when I was traveling in Redmond, I had nine hours on the plane when I was flying over, plus the extra time during the week, because you don't. Work from home with family and everything else, and and of course they have the, the all of my colleagues have their own life and everything else. So you have a lot of extra time. So I clean up my inbox, and that's like five thousand emails, and that's a lot. It's all cleaned now. It's like. it took you eighteen hours to press Control A Delete. <laughs> no, but that, <laughs> sure that is an option, but that's not how our okay. I play. So it's it's okay. So control yeah, it's, A it's R- hard.
2: Congratulations! <laughs> it was yeah. an amazing feeling. To have yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, exactly. Uh, Finally catching with, up yeah. after
0: all of the months you're seeing it's just the piling in of the stuff. Anyway, now coming back on the other things. So, Morrison, uh, three things or one thing which comes to mind? If you are, if anybody is actually doing development within a Microsoft Real Five, what would be your kind of uh, top tools uh, which people should learn to take advantage?
2: Uh, for me, of course, it's just Graph Explorer, uh, and uh, Edge console or Chrome console. It's a very powerful to, powerful tool, to be honest. I'm, uh, my Achilles heel is PowerShell. I cannot do PowerShell in an advanced level, uh, which means that, that my ad hoc language of choice is JavaScript. And yeah. you can do almost anything in the... In the, in the context
0: of, so you basically go in the context of the page and then in the Chrome console you are in the context so you are able you're to execute PowerShell. JavaScript exactly <laughs> yeah yeah it's actually a smart way of approaching things for sure that's actually a really good really good tree list and of course Graph Explorer is is critical for any of us building any anything in Microsoft 365 for sure, sure and by the way uh, I have to call out thank you, uh, congratulations Yina uh, on the on the awesome 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 team uh, we just saw. Last week again, more people joining on Yena's team, and they were in Redmond at the, at the same time as Cybos, which is kind of a coincidence, but still so it's it's great to see how that team is getting more and more uh, growth and also usage and smart people joining on there so really, really, really cool so yeah. craft is just absolutely wonderful.
1: I wanted to ask one one more of the you know one tip or three <laughs> tip thing. things, and that would be be the last thing before we close because we're over time. We all know that like every week we release something at Microsoft and there are new announcements, resources, and features and tools and oh, SDKs and whatever. Yep. How do you stay on top of all that? Like one, one resource, one go-to place you use to, to stay on top? Uh,
2: one, two, to three. Be there, Twitter or die, <laughs> like it's, <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, mostly mostly Twitter. Twitter, uh, Twitter. yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. Any yeah. Any accounts do you follow, or do you have a list, or do you have selection?
2: Um, I follow as many as I can. What can I okay. say? All of them. <laughs> All of them. All of the I, follow, I follow everybody. <laughs> yes. Uh,
0: but that's that's actually twitter is a is 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 for sure it's it's a good way of and and hashtags following up on hashtags in Twitter. if people are not familiar, use TweetDeck. and by the way, uh, Louisa Fries has an absolutely brilliant two blog post series related on how you should be communicating in Twitter and also how do you follow things um, And those are actually really, really powerful because again quite often you see people not to be that aware of hashtags and tweet deck and all of that stuff, so um, there are. There's a lot of thinking behind of that. So, but let's put that one in the in the blog post notes as well. But I guess that's well, it, that, Marcin. Yeah. So thank you for joining us. Really, really great discussion. You are the first person, did you mention this out loud? You're no, the we first haven't. person uh, who joined on the PMP Weekly who is not a Microsoft employee or a PMP uh, sorry as an MVP. And well, he's also
1: he is also the first you're you're also the first per- person who joins who lives in Krakow.
2: Another success. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there what go. can I say? Thanks for having me. That was a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you,
0: Marcel. Thank, thank, thank you for all of your contributions in the, in the open source and community channels as well. Those are really, really cool. So thank you for continuing uh, being active on the community channels. So thank you for that.
2: My pleasure.
0: Excellent. And with those words, we will jump on the weekly articles with Valdek. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Excellent. Thank you, Marcin, one more time, and a really cool discussion. It's good to have a bit of a different perspective, not significantly different, but it's the quality assurance is a really, really, really important topic uh, for sure whenever we're implementing things. And I I actually love the discussion related on risk management and, and the validation of that Perspective because again, this is one of those classic discussions. Again, I still remember when I started as a consultant, even in Microsoft, so I was like, why, why what do you mean do you know that you had some bugs and you're in it to ship? Well, Oh, it's risk management. It's just part of the, the the dealing with the products and everything else. So, and sure, less, less um, bugs is always better. It's just real ideas of life. Um, but quite often there are unknown bugs. It is. and And we just need to ship it because there are areas which were not, and scenarios which were not tested. So if you think about unit testing, the coverage uh, percentage uh, units on the unit tests, what's, it used to be like you have to hit 80% to be super cool, but it's still 80%. It's not 100% we already well, like. Yeah,
1: and I mean, just because, and that, that's also an interesting case, right? Because like, if, for example, in CLI for, for M365, we have 100% of the coverage <laughs> for tests, right? Yeah, And sure. But even, even though, like, what does it mean? It means that every single of our line of code has been hit with a test. Yep. But that doesn't mean that we test every possible case, Variations. right? Because like yes, just because exactly. we paste through a particular branch of code, it doesn't mean that we tested with like because like, uh, like string right. Imagine that you have a different branch of code for a string that is six characters or less. Yep. But maybe there is an exception when the string string character is single
0: character or Unicode. Yep. So yeah, yeah, exactly. it is less than it six. But there's the, an edge case in, the case in there of too. S- in a case of string, it would be basically like a six character. There would be at least six different tests related on length of the string, then the null value, then the the not a string empty value testing, and then the encoding yeah, value. U- difference. Unicode, the, yeah, exactly. the byte order exactly. mark,
1: like non-printable yeah. characters, yep. all of that, like all of that stuff, special the characters. The more you and know about tests. it, the yeah. more cases you can come up with. Yeah. Right. And it's and and again, just the fact that particular branch of code was hit with a test like that doesn't really yep. mean that. Okay, that that thing
0: can never fail. Yep, exactly, exactly. That is a good good point. And then uh, you don't necessarily always think about those. That what does the coverage? More actually than often, means. you actually don't, right? Because you have a task. I, I think to, about it every that. single day. So when I'm waking up, I'm, no, uh, just kidding. Just.
1: That's the way. You, that's why you look the way you look.
0: <laughs> Thank you. That's, that's, You're that's welcome. a like compliment. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you mean the 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 dark eyes no, and everything else? Like, just a face. Not a single gray hair. That <laughs> was a compliment, true. actually. <laughs> wow. Very aha, unexpected. Huh? <laughs> uh, yeah. But I would love to be a, a silver fox, you know, just like you. So now I'm jealous.
1: <laughs> Dye your hair.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that would be actually really good. What are you doing again? <laughs> no. Anyway. Experience. I, 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 I have no so <laughs> experience <laughs> on my hair. That is true. <laughs> I have to increase my credibility of dyeing my hair gray. So <laughs> yeah. People do believe me. Senior I look too consultant. young. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <Well>, anyway, <laughs> let's actually jump on the articles of the day. We do have quite a lot of articles because we recorded the previous uh, setup in Friday before the Monday, not that it's an that big of a deal because on weekends we don't actually that that many articles anyway let's go to the articles and come back on the discussion on, on in general what's happening and it is the screen. Da, 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 da. Let's start from here. Uh, we, this is a bit older actually, but we missed it last time. Uh, it is from May 31st, uh, 2022, on how Microsoft is equipping manufacturing workers with the tools of the future. And This is actually quite important uh, blog post and, and sharing the vision around a lot of the work that we do uh, in, in multiple organizations, because it's really about empowering the front frontline workers as well. So In the past, we always talked about the information workers and white collar workers and people who are sitting in, on front of their desktops and yeah there's a lot of those people as well and there's still core uh, audience of, of Microsoft um, software but more and more people are carrying devices with them um, and the the, the so-called blue collar workers and and people who are not sitting on the Front of the desktop, 24/7 or seven hours, eight hours in a day, not necessarily 24/7, you know. (laughs) But we want those people to be connected on the company uh, systems as well and the communications. They want to be feel that they're part of the company as well, and and that is a big, big, big focus area with Viva and and other areas as well. And this is a really great blog post walking through the different already done investments or. Upcoming investments in different areas. And there was one thing what, what we actually called out uh, from here, which, which really spots that this is probably the first time that we're saying this openly that this is coming, which is good. But there's a lot of lot of different capabilities in teams, approvals, uh, collaboration directly in, in, in your any device what you're using, super important things. Uh, Having the Viva Connection communications easily access to system to corporate systems and information. Walkie-talkie is actually really cool as well uh, for those who need this kind of an immediate communication channel in the Microsoft Teams makes perfect sense. But this one is the one which we actually haven't been super vocal, um, and I haven't actually seen this mentioned anywhere else, which is actually a bit of a surprise. Of course, knew that it's coming because I'm in this organization, but uh, it's it's good that it's actually public as well. So looking into having a multi uh, multiple home sites and then multilingual dashboards in the Viva Connection, which is a understandable next step within the Viva Connection offerings, uh, because the individual divisions organization have want to have their own specific set of cards and experiences within the Viva Connection, which makes perfect sense. But a lot of, lot of cool stuff in here. Now the next one uh, we had related on craft uh, from the microsoft team side so you want to talk about this one walter
1: absolutely right so as we know we work more and more more remotely and the hybrid way meaning some folks are are in the office but some are not right and that experience where everybody used to be in the office like that might No longer be the case at all, right? So we're thinking at Microsoft, and like, what are different ways in which we can support people to uh, collaborate with each other, to meet with each other in a hybrid setting where not everybody is in the same space, physical space, but that yes, you want to have that rich fidelity to with regards to the experience, right? So in this. Uh, article. I guess we're talking about the new tools, devices that we introduce, technology that we introduce
0: to increase, improve that experience of meeting across different locations. Yeah. On absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, and let's not go too detailed in here. And we'll talk about what happened last week and all of that after the recordings. But I still have to call out that when I started working remotely to Richmond back in six years ago, when it, when where it was a while ago. Um, we didn't even have teams at the time it was kind of business you, you sent owls yes we sent owls uh, since i'm from okay. finland you know lapland where i have a white owl so it's pretty cool anyway so yes. um but it, it's it was this weird situation where um i'm sitting i'm sitting from home on the skype and everybody else is sitting in the room and then you're the one who's on the screen and everybody else is sitting in the screen and that's the screen uh, in the room and that's a of a different experience and that's what we're trying to do with all of this new software so kind of a splitting for example these individual persons in the room to individual videos so that it doesn't matter are you sitting in the room or are you actually joining remotely you are basically in the you same appear the same, same. So same in the in Yes yeah. and also so,
1: and also the cool thing is is that people in the same room they don't face each other they yes. face the screens right yes. so to yes. er- like it it levels the field across everybody yeah. in the call, no matter whether there are multiple yeah. folks in a group somewhere. No, no, no. Like everybody is treated the same way. It levels yeah. the field, and in a in in a way, you pioneered all of this six years ago already. Like you were the guy, like. I need this experience, and
0: <laughs> now now it's here. Of of course, but yeah. So even on last week when I was in Redmond, and we'll come back on details on that one in a second. But but and there was meetings where some people are joining remotely, and there was meeting and people joining from the meeting rooms, and everybody opened up their laptop and joined on the meeting through the laptop with camera on, so that basically in the meeting everybody is in the individual videos, and that was actually really cool. So huh. even they're sitting in the same room. We're basically in the individual video streams in the in the thing, which is absolutely brilliant. Like everybody is welcome, everybody is inclusive, uh, like it should be. Yeah. So. Anyway, uh, also on the Teams Flock side, expanding background noise suppression across platforms and scenarios. So uh, Let's not deep dive on this one. But basic basic idea here is that as we have background noise, like in my case, actually funny enough, you cannot hear that, but there's an uh, aircon right next to me, which is trying to cool the room right now and having a hard time of doing that because it's pretty hot outside but you can't hear it um, and it's a lot because of Teams in my case, exactly. It's actually <laughs> the noise, uh, background noise removal in this device, but the device is pretty expensive and we cannot basically buy everybody a pretty expensive device. So how about having that background noise removal in the Teams, uh, in, the, in the audio, which is getting transmitted to your Teams? And it's actually pretty mind blowing not when you think about it. So almost real time we do, audio optimizations for the other person which is other person other other side of the world. Brilliant. It's just whew, mind blowing. It makes perfect sense, right? It it does, but the fact that we can do it so fast and, and it's just yeah, you know. This used to be a hard thing to do, but I guess we're just dinosaurs, even though I don't have crazy So hair. was uh-huh. building cars and sending people to the moon. And yes. we did it. And we did it. That is true. <laughs> Now this one actually I wanna talk about this one because I was yes. partly of the team who created this. So last Friday and the blog post is out but and we're recording this on Monday, the public blog book- Public announcement on social media on this blog post is going to go out later today. Uh, but we released on Thursday last week a new cultural site template, uh, which is Pride Month uh, for June 2022. So June 2022 is the Pride Month. And we released this one into Lookbook service. So, as a starting point for any companies to create this kind of a um, Culture of inclusiveness and and embracing the diversity within their company, um, and of course it's it's just a template um, to get started, and then you can modify that based on your company uh, policies and requirements and and thinking, um, but we wanted to have something which will then. Make it easy for anybody to actually provision a nice looking site with the cool content and then start adjusting the content with that. Um, it's based on the Implementation is still based on the, the BMP provisioning templating uh, because start-of-the-box provisioning templating unfortunately does not yet support all of these needed requ- uh, requirements which is by the way something what we're working on but um, more on that one whenever we get stuff a bit further down in the road in, uh, in the engineering but really cool way of, of getting example, uh, example sites and content available, which can be adjusted, so. Uh, and then this one, SharePoint roadmap. Oh, well, you want to talk about that too? <laughs> do, I, do I? I can talk about this So, So again, the monthly roadmap uh, on SharePoint, so basically typically in the first day of the month or then uh, first, days of the next month, we'll talk about what was the summary within the last month. Uh, The teams had this one before, SharePoint and OneDrive and Viva basically uh, is covered in here. So talk about all of the new changes and updates, which were announced and shipped or partially rolling out as part of the announcement. So something which was called out uh, in Twitter pretty recently as well is, for example, section templates. So you can much more easily create content and much more efficiently do that. Not just page templates, but also section templates, which is pretty, really cool as well. So you can define them. Uh, Loop components are in Outlook mail. So calling out other things as well. The loop components are coming to SharePoint sooner or later as well and in multiple areas. So all of this is kind of evolving together with our partner organizations, a lot of new stuff in Viva and calling out those integration options as well. And Microsoft List is now in a feedback portal, which is good news as well. So um, we have an official way of then collecting the input around what's needed. So really really cool. But a lot of lot of cool stuff. And well that was actually a really really cool thing. The live share we talked about that one in the previous recording yeah. as well. That is really 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 cool. So for sure. You want to talk about this one? All day. Definitely so We
1: talked about this in the past already. The bookings API, right? So in Microsoft 365, there there is the bookings feature, which you can use to book resources, people, and so forth, and so on. And now, in Microsoft Graph, there are app-only APIs available for that. So if you have any any kind of application that automates booking, automates creating, managing them, and so forth, and so on, you you now have app-only access from your app to these APIs. So no longer you need to work and to worry about ensuring that refresh token will not expire, and when it does, uh, you need to re authenticate the user somehow. No, no, no. you're gonna have proper app only access to these APIs in your app. So, definitely, if you build anything in this space, check it out.
0: And then we had a new blog post from Rabia Williams related on Microsoft Team JavaScript SDK v2, which is now generally available. You want to talk about this one, or should I? Yeah, definitely. So. At build the latest build,
1: which was as we're recording that three weeks ago already, roughly. We talked about the ability for you to bring your team's apps to office.com and Outlook. Right. And with that, so for that, we introduced a new version of the team's JS SDK that allows you to detect in your app in which host you run. But also what the host, where your app is exposed host meaning Outlook,Office,.com or teams, is capable of. And that is a very important part, because you can make your app context aware. Think about it in a way. Like imagine that you have something like orders, right? And in the order you have the account manager, right? And you might want to contact the account manager, where if you are in Outlook, the logical way for you, is To contact them via email, whereas if you're in Teams, well, you would send them a message on Teams, and your app can be aware of that because it can detect you using the new SDK these uh, abilities that are exposed to you in the context. So you don't need to hard code it or you don't need to do something like if in Outlook, do this, and otherwise, no, 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 you can just say, Am I can I send here email? And if it's a yes, then you run your code to send email. Otherwise, you can say, hey, can I send here a message on Teams? Yes, you can. You do that, right? So all of these abilities are exposed to you through the new SDK. If you build apps for Teams, check it out because it's a really cool way for you to expose your app to a broader
0: audience of users and customers. Absolutely, absolutely, and this is a good first step heading to a direction where we have a unified way of doing packaging and deployment and management of apps within the Microsoft 365. So, it's something which will evidently happen sooner or later, and we're heading to that direction together with cross organizations which is really really cool. Now, we also had a uh, announcement or a new uh, blog post, sorry, article related on enabling single sign-on in a tap app. You've been involved in creating this, Maldek, right?
1: I, a little a little, little bit, right? Okay. So there there's a big group of folks on Microsoft who worked on this. And that, the idea is that we refresh the guidance about how you offer the single sign on experience in Team Right. So yep. if you build Team and you want to offer users this seamless experience to authenticate into the app. We have for you new guidance that talks about the different points. What are the different things you have to take into account, and basically walking you step by step through the different options and things you should take into account. Yep.
0: Yeah. Really, really cool. Let's check that one out for sure as well. Now, we also had a new article in our Microsoft 365 Platform Community blog from Faber. Ade uh, Kunle, around a quick overview of Microsoft uh, Power Pages, which was the, the new evolution of Power Portal, so to say, uh, um, announced in the build 2022. So a quick summary on what those are and what are the capabilities and how does it look like as you're getting started on creating them uh, within, the, uh, within the web portal? Which is really, really cool. Then we had a, the Faber had another article. I'll check this one as well. So, understanding data connectors with Microsoft Power Apps and, and really looking, explaining what are the data connectors and kind of a baseline getting started blog post, which are super, super valuable because quite often we talked about this one yeah. so many times in this show that we've missed the getting started. How would I actually yeah. do the baseline the most simplistic way and then start evolving from there? And quite often what happens is that, well, everybody knows that. And then we're jumping on, and then no, 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 don't do that. Yeah, basics, basics.
1: Every basics. day there, there, are, there is new folks who start, and we need to cover the basics in an, in an accessible way. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, Marcin talks about the unit testing as well. Exactly. So this is an article from our guest, right? Again, how would you start unit testing SPFx apps? Right. So he talked about the importance of that, why do you need to think about it and so forth and so on. And Then it's like the obvious next thing you would ask is, okay, cool, I buy into it, I want to do it. Where do I start? Well, here it is. Here's the answer to that. Here's a short article that walks you through the basics, basically to the point where after this, you'll be able to run a test that apparently fails, (laughs) and then hopefully you will be able to fix that, and to have a way to test your app end-to-end,
0: so that you can deploy with confidence. Absolutely. Really cool stuff. Thank you, from Marcin, on that one. Powerhouse Community Blog had a new blog post around how to publish major version in SharePoint using the Microsoft Power Automate. So a good reference uh, blog posts related on how to do that. So basically creating new content uh, and, and publishing a major version, which means that it's available for other people as well, not only for you as the creator of the item or an article or a document. So talks about that version handling in Power Automate. Really, really cool stuff as well. Now. Recording 365 had a new article, uh, sorry, new video, is the right date of saying that, right? <laughs>
1: yes, exactly. And they talked about the recently announced ability that's coming soon, I guess, Yep. that you'll be able to have multiple home sites in Viva connections. And this feature has been asked by people a lot. Right, so now, so uh, Daniel, Daryl, yes, Darryl. they shared their opinion on the topic, what's coming, how they see it, and so on and so on. So if you want to hear like the, the opinion from the field on our announcement, check it out.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Now, Chris O'Brien had a good post around the SharePoint Syntax. He's been blogging about SharePoint Syntax, so he's clearly working within this area. SharePoint Syntax is all about document, advanced document management and, and automation, detection, detection of patterns within the documents, and then streamlining the experiences. And he talks about the SharePoint Content Assembly, which is part of the SharePoint syntax and hints and tips on that topic. So it talks about things to consider and how to get started and all of that. So really, really great blog post for him as well. Uh, it's really cool how, how, how much innovation is happening right now in the document management side from an automation perspective. So really, very cool stuff and thank you, Chris, on that summary. Now, we also had a blog post from uh, Andrew. Andrew Connell, yes. So uh, he shared with us that for the
1: last period of time, he worked with Microsoft Learn on a new set of guidance and tutorials for building apps for Microsoft Teams. So in this article, he shares some links, check it out if you're interested to learn more about how to build apps for Teams, what are the different things that you you should take into account. And in this particular article, he mentions interactive meetings apps. So meetings apps are a great way for you to enrich the meeting experience on Teams and make it more interactive, involve users beyond sharing screen. Yep, absolutely.
0: Absolutely. Now, this one uh, is a summary from uh, Appy. Uh, so, talking about the have a seat of Microsoft 5 developer platform, which was an event which we did together with Waldeck and uh, Appy and Paolo and uh, Tommy and, Rick and Tommy. Uh, Rick. Ste- is that all? Stefan, yeah. Stefan, yeah. Stefan, yeah. Uh, yep, yeah, absolutely. And pa- uh, Paolo. And, and Paolo, I think yeah. I mentioned Paolo already. Yeah. Anyway, so Ambi was there to talk about the Power BI dashboard integration uh, in the solution um, and that was one part of the solution. So we could, we explained how to build this kind of a bit more polished end-to-end scenario, touching teams and API development and uh, craft development and all of that stuff and Power BI end to end. And this is basically Ambi's summary on, on what what was happening behind the scenes related on the Power BI. Related on that one, we do have the recording here available as well. So referencing that one uh, in the notes. So that is a nice two-hour-long setup for end-to-end creation. Now, Michael Mendes had a new blog post as well. Yes, about
1: updating list JSON formatters for a SharePoint, SharePoint list using Power Automate. And that's an interesting thing. So, are you going to update? The formatters as in set formatters on the list view, or is it updating the JSON in there because it's not clear from the article what's being done? E, well, yeah, but, but I guess he sets the whole thing as opposed to let me change yeah. this one
0: property of the object or? Yeah, yeah exactly. Exactly. They're setting up yeah. the, the formatting definition yeah. for the view so then then you can actually have a nice looking output list. out of the. Configuration as well. Now, Paul Bollock had a new blog post, uh, uh, a, a summary related on his Gatsby Summit 2022 session companion post. So basically, all of the assets and things what he went through around the base transformation, and he's been fundamental person on creating that automation tooling, transforming from classic SharePoint pages to modern SharePoint pages, even up to the level from on-premises to the cloud and transforming between. It's just magic. So really, really cool summary uh, from Paul. It just happens. It's just. <laughs> now, uh, Rodrigo Pinta uh, related on actually scripts. Uh, they will have he had a, a blog post uh, related on his uh, Swiss Army knife on accessing the different scripts and capabilities which are available uh, uh, from the BMP script uh, sample gallery, and then how you can actually expose that to be easily available within your operating system so really nice kind of a small extension on I need to do this and this in my SharePoint or Microsoft teams in online how do I do that here it is yes. and you're ready to go with that so really cool stuff from Rodrigo. few are uh, a few tweets so Waldek, what's what's this one all yes
1: about? actually this is a tweet from me highlighting a tweet from somebody else from from Adam, Adam. And the extension that he built. So he built an extension for VS Code for CLI for Microsoft 365 to simplify building scripts that use CLI. And the cool thing that he does here is that, so he works on that for a while already, right? And every now and again, we will see an update with new features, new abilities. And the one thing that he, he did now, which is really cool, I think, is that he, he's bringing in the, the CLI docs into the extension. So when you write scripts, you get the help in the context of your work. Like you don't need to go to browser, look it up elsewhere. You can open yep. the, the, you get the list of all commands directly in VS Code, and then you can open the help page for that command directly in VS Code. So we have everything in the single place where you work without having to go anywhere else. I think this is a really cool way to have that in product, in context help for the work that you're doing so that you can stay more in focus and are less, how do you call that? Exposed to- you know the, well,
0: Yeah, and like having internet search the thing by yourself and yeah, yeah, exactly. I hope that you will exactly. find the right link. Exactly. Yep, makes perfect sense. Also, we had a new release of the PMPJS, uh, so uh, done by Julie Turner from Sympraxis, and she's been now coordinating uh, this work. With new features and capabilities within that release. Now, this block, band, unfortunately, this tweet doesn't have a link to the actual release notes or the, the, sensor, the system, but we'll get that one in the summary as well. But a lot of article capabilities and, and that's evolving the BMPJS is evolving forward based on community contributions. We also I had two different videos. So first of all uh, Paulo had a video around using the PMP track and drop files uh, and control in SPFX solutions So making it easier for track and drop files in top of your web part or a b- application page or whatever the, it is and then uploading automatically that to be in the default document folder on the site. So making it super 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 easy to have to address this kind of classic scenarios so thank you Paolo for that and then uh we had a video from Shane Young uh, related on reviewing
1: power apps right when you build build an app you might either want to go through your own app or review app built by somebody else and looking at different things like how can you make it better how can you troubleshoot it, it in case things don't work as expected. How can you optimize it so that it's better, it's faster, yeah. it's more snappy? So all yeah. the different things. He has a bunch of great tips around variables, performance, uh, formulas, and so forth and so on. So definitely, if you build Power App apps, check it out because that will be invaluable uh, gem in your toolbox.
0: Absolutely. Now, I have to actually talk about, I was thinking this within the discussion with Marcin already. So I have a classic example on the optimization and performance improvements. So it comes back on the troubleshooting in Power Apps. It's the same thing. You always need to think about the performance as well, because sure, if the number of items is like five to 10 or 20, yeah, that's okay. When it's 20,000, that might actually have a pretty significant impact on the performance. But I had one, I think it was a national post in, in Finland. They had a challenges related well, many, many years ago. They have a challenges on their on-premises SharePoint deployment because it was slow. It was a global intranet and and basically we needed to do an investigation how to make it better. And I went there, we investigated and I was like, hey, so what is this? Yeah, it's, it's, it's automatic routing from the root side of the Side of the of the web application based on your profile, uh, so whenever a user adjusted or come to the root side of the of the URL, it was then based on the profile you were redirected to another site collection. The only challenge was somebody had tested something on that root site, which was a content query web part, which had scrolling and outputting all of the pages or documents in the whole deployment. So basically, Aye. what happened was. <laughs> That web part was basically executing full scroll on this farm and outputting that, and then the custom web part rendered, oh, you're in this profile, you'll go here. So you Aww. never saw that output. But you can only imagine that you come there and start investigating. Oh, what is this? Okay, let's get rid of that. Poof. Now it's 10 times, 100 times faster. See?
1: case okay, it's closed. I'm
0: so good. So <laughs> exactly. that's typically a 10 <laughs>
1: eggs debugger. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly.
0: But anyway, so performance is super, super important and it's it's, it's just, and cleaning up as well. I mean, if you're testing out quickly something, just remembering that don't leave it in there. Uh, you know, the, the leaving the, the code, which you, um, some people find 10 years later from the code base. It's like, is this, is this, really this is supposed to be
1: here i don't know so <laughs> i mean like even if you would see it why why do you need to see like everything from the whole yeah exactly exactly yeah that's
0: true anyway so we're a bit of a long uh, again on the discussion uh quickly in one minute which is really hard for you like anything interesting was happening this week yes okay cool interesting happening <laughs> for me yes a lot of stuff but thank you one and thank you <laughs> <laughs> and we'll, we'll still, I think we have three uh, weeks still um, um, before we go to a summer break on the BMP Weekly. So something like that, roughly. Yeah. So thank you everybody for watching. Please remember hashtag BNP Weekly when you're tweeting something uh, so we know that it's and, uh, awesome stuff which is getting published. Um, so we can cover that in here and promote your stuff as well. And thank you, Marcin, one more time. Yeah. And everybody else, have a great rest See of the week. week. See you next week.
2: Bye-bye. Bye.